And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. You know, Aaron, it's safe to say that between us being on the show um, and all of our guests, that we are all a bunch of characters. <laughs> Very silly characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this begs a question. Um, us being silly characters. Um, my question is, can we choose who we want to be or are we products of our own nature? Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you yes. all. Yes. I think, I think there's some things that you just pick up over time as you're, as you're choosing who you want to be in your youth, whether you realize it or not. Little bits of knowledge from other people. You're like, I want to take that. I'm going to make it a part of me. And you move on. And that, over time, just solidifies in you and hardens. And it, before long, you forget where it even started and came from sometimes. Mm. And then, yeah, like, if you're feeling stuck or in a rut in your adulthood, you could always choose to do something else, Mm -hmm. potentially, right? Because life is short, and you got to be happy, and you got to do what you're going to do. You can, depending on your situation, of course, make your life more or less what you want it to be, Mm. and work towards that goal. So, D, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's a good answer. Th- it, this is one I kind of go back and forth with. Um, so I, I will be curious to kind of engage with it more. Because um, in a lot of ways, yeah, like it is, I, I, it sounds like both. But then part of me is just like, you know, but I'm also not sure. Um, I, 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 let's just say I'm, I'm skeptical of free will. And that seems to, and, so when it comes to like, can we really choose who we want to be? I'm like, on some level, yes. On some level, I don't know if we can. But I am, um, I I don't have a position. I don't know either way at the moment. I'm just like, I don't know. So like, if you fall on, yeah, yes, but so clearly both of us are so far in like not one or the other. So I'm like, yes, leaning, yes, you can kind of create yourself. Both. I think yeah. you're coming from the yes, both. I'm like. I'm not sure, like, <laughs> kind of, I'm, the, I'm taking the skeptic point of view at the moment. So mm. um, let's see if Star Trek has anything to say about this, um, as we, of course, are watching Star Trek today on today's episode of Star Trek Stories. Um, this is episode 46, True Q. True Blue? Is that, is that what we're going for with this one? Is that, is, is that the... Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> He's a true Q slugger. True blue Q. True Q son of a... I'm not going to finish that. Oh, God. In these titles. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, welcome to the show, everyone. So glad you're here. Um, I am your poised host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my essential co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. How are you doing, Jaron? We are near the end of our look at the TNG glory years. Um, last time we watched I Borg, where we entertain our young Borg friend, Hugh, and my beautiful partner, uh, partner Jenny Beal. Uh, and we just had a nice little conversation about genocide and individual autonomy. Just, <laughs> you know, like a casual Sunday. Yeah, just like what you do on a Sunday. How's the weather? What do you feel about genocide? What do you feel about it? What are your thoughts on genocide? Just casual stuff. <laughs> um, and on today's uh, episode, we have another returning guest uh, with us. Uh, sitting in the captain's chair, once again, we have the very lovely Jake Barnes on the show again. <laughs> yeah. Jake in the house. <laughs> I'm in the house. I Hyman have. in the house? Yeah, what's that? Hyman in the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be here. Welcome back again, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, our most recurring guest host, and I always love it when you come on. It's like, every I feel like every other episode I get to be like, hey, Jake's coming back, yeah! Yeah, and I'm always like, I'm glad to be back. Today, though, I have, I have indigestion. Mm. I have indigestion. It's okay. I took some Pepto. I chose to take Pepto. <laughs> 
<laughs> not the product that, of his nature, folks. That was he that of my own free will. <laughs> the product of your joy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for those new to the podcast, Jake is one of our dearest friends and one of our old roommates from the boys' house. Um, and Jake has been here watching all of the Next Generation Q episodes with us. Um, uh, last time you were here, were you watching Cupid? Uh, where Mindy was also here with us. Um, that my, was my was, lovely, lovely partner. Well, yeah. Well, babe. Um, you know, we've been taking a look at the TNG glory years in this batch of episode. This is when the show like really settles into itself, um, and becomes like a television, like favorite for millions of people. Um, so now that we're kind of, and you're watching all these Q episodes and we've talked about before how like Q is an interesting kind of benchmark for where the show is. Um, so now like, so we're settled into the show. Now we're pretty settled into Q. Like we spent a lot of time with Q at this point. What do you think now, at this point in like the later seasons, like where do you think we are with Q? Like how has Q grown over the show? Do you think so far? Like, is he more or less the same from when he started or have we, kind of got on an arc with him i don't know what do you think just your impressions because you've only been watching these episodes right definitely not the same um very very different uh evil and ominous Mm -hmm. now borderline silly ridiculous Mm -hmm. um still very powerful i think the power has remained uh that's the constant but as far as the character of q it's become very silly but not not in a unenjoyable way, I guess, sure. you know, it's, oh, sure. it's still fun to watch. Um, but yeah, very, very different. I don't know if that's the choices of the performer or the direction or the writing or probably a combination of everything, mm. but, uh, very far from that season one, episode one character of Q. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's almost like if I could sum up the feeling, it seems like for me, it's like in the early times, it was like, oh shit, Q. And then eventually hits a point of like, oh my God, Q. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> he's become a lovable guest star, actually. Like if this was a sitcom, when Q would enter, the studio audience would start to clap and whistle and oh yeah, they're back. So he's becoming this character that is a people pleaser, audience favorite, I think. At this point, they keep bringing him back for a reason. Mm-hmm. The ratings go up. It is an interesting dynamic, and and it also is because it feels like in the first couple of appearances, it feels like his appearances were kind of mandated by the Q continuum, like and the, like and Q was acting on their behalf. Uh, and then starting with the Borg one, that's when it kind of like Q's kind of now kind of gone rogue, um, and. It, not in the last few, it hasn't felt like the 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 continuum is directing him to. He he's he's having these interactions with Picard of his own free will, his is on his own whims. So there's a much more personal. At least that's what it seems like. Earlier, it seemed like he was acting on behalf of the continuum, and now it just feels like it's him, and it's very personal now. I uh, agree. It's extremely personal and. I think that's where the stories go now. I think the continuum is they've been in the background so long as players in the plot that I think they're just not going to be players anymore. It's just Q. It's now. just Q. Yeah. Q is just like a, Q. What is it called? A Deus Ex Machina? Yeah. Yeah. Or the the wild card? Yeah. He is. He's a vehicle to make these I don't know what, like you were saying, just the Robin Hood thing, any, any sort of uh, off the wall idea that they have that they can't really find any reasonable plot or explanation for, Hey, we'll just bring in Q. Q. Okay. Yeah, fine. (laughs) That works. Right. Shout out to that very loud engine. (laughs) Right. When you said the word vehicle, he's a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, Impeccable timing. Um, coming to Q more specifically, you know, and tying it back in with our original question, um, you know, talking about the character of Q, the nature of Q, what do you think? Do you, do we, can we choose who we want to be or, um, are we products of our own nature? 
Hmm. That's a very difficult question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lean more toward what Aaron was saying, that it's it's a mixture of all those things. We have personal autonomy to make decisions. But, you know, any anthropologist would probably tell you that the thing that fuels our decisions is enculturation and our upbringing. Um, it's when we're faced with a decision, there's like a little microcosm that goes off in our brain of everything we've ever learned, everything we've ever known. And, um, we, we take all of that and place it to all of our daily decisions on a subconscious level an unconscious level, sometimes a conscious level. Um, but yeah, so where do those roots come from is I guess the question. Um, we had a professor at Weber State, Susan Young, uh, anthropology professor who said that humans don't have any instincts. And what they meant by that is like if a baby wolf is born in the wild and it loses its mother, it will figure out how to live and do what it has to, to survive. You leave a human child in the wilderness, it's just going to cry until it dies. Yeah. So uh, from that point of view, we're, we're not, uh, as they put it, we're not born with instincts. Everything is learned behavior or will die. So when everything is learned behavior, is anything actually chosen by I, I don't yourself? I don't know. That's a very interesting to contemplate. I think from an academic, I guess, scholarly perspective, no is the answer. I mean, there are plenty of species that if born and left alone would die as well. Humans are not isolated in that. Either. True. Like, True. I, yeah. But, you, you know, be, I guess you could, but still, like, when it comes down to it, any species is just going to do what it's going to do, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's a question that just applies to humans. I mean, you can apply it to anything, really, you know? Like, could any, is, is any species out there, you know, choosing to be what it is or is everything just a product of its, you know, nature, you know, at what moment does that happen in the consciousness? The, the inflection point after millions and millions of years of just looking oh. up at the stars oh. or thousands. Yeah. That's the thing. If we're aware of our enculturation yeah. and we're actively for it or against it, I don't know. Does that change what we're talking about? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I think sometimes there is this con- like conflation or connection or correlation between um, self awareness and choice as like a being like. But I'm like I, you know just because we're self aware, I don't know if that necessarily means we are making self aware choices. Um, Star Trek always likes to weigh in on these big cosmic questions, so we'll see if this episode of Star Trek gives us any insights. <laughs> um, Yes, today we are watching True Q. Um, this premiered October 26th, 1992. This is the sixth episode produced for the sixth season, which makes it our first episode from this penultimate season of Star Trek The Next Generation. This is also our sixth Q episode. So this is a real 666 <laughs> <laughs> situation here. Wow. Satan has entered the room, everyone, as we contemplate uh, choice. See, that's enculturation. <laughs> that is enculturation, <laughs> right. Uh, Q did not appear at all during the fifth season. Um, uh, they did try to develop some ideas, but without any success. Um, at this point in the show, the writing staff was at a point where they wanted to bring Q back because he was a popular character, but they weren't sure how to keep bringing Q back. They just got to a point where they're like, this is getting harder and harder now. Well, now what? Now what? Um, so that'll be the big thing we're looking at in this one. It's like, because, um, you know, they eventually struck upon this idea. It's like, okay, here we go. Um, so that'll be the big thing we look at in this one. It's like how they're able to keep developing the character at this point in this series because we're getting toward the end now. So it is really like, how do we start to wrap up, you know, Q and where is he now? So that'll be the big thing we look at in this one. Um, All right. For those of you at home who are going to be watching along with us, um, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find it by bringing up Season 6, Episode 6. And we will be back after we watch True Q. 
Commander's question deserves an answer, Q. You made yourself judge and jury, and if necessary, executioner. By what right have you appointed yourself to this position? Superior morality. Recall how you used your superior morality when we first encountered you. You put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. The jury's still out on that, Picard. Make no mistake. Your arrogant pretense at being the moral guardians of the universe strikes me as being hollow, Q. I see no evidence that you are guided by a superior moral code or any code whatsoever. You may be nearly omnipotent, and I don't deny that you're parlor tricks are very impressive. But morality, I don't see it. I don't acknowledge it, Q. I would put human morality against the Qs any day. And perhaps that's the reason that we fascinate you so. Because our puny behavior shows you a glimmer of the one thing that evades your omnipotence. A moral center. And if so, I can think of no crueler irony than that you should destroy this young woman whose only crime is that she's too human. Jean-Luc, sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. We just got done watching True Q. Um, in case you've never watched this one, uh, didn't watch it with us. So in this one, um, they're helping out some planet with some environmental thing. I, 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 we just watched it, and I never remember exactly what's <laughs> going on down there. Something to do with their environment or something. Um, but they also have like an intern um, um, on board the Enterprise because she's like this really smart person. She's won this fellowship and she gets to like study on the enterprise for a bit. Um, um, and then it, we, it's revealed that she actually has like powers and can do stuff. And, and then Q shows up and says like, okay, yeah, I think she's a Q. Um, and I'm here to see if she's a Q or not. And then she has to spend time with Q figuring out like her powers and whether or not she's Q or human. And it's also revealed that Q is going to have to kill her depending on, what the answer is, is a director from the continuum. Um, in the end, yeah, it's revealed that, yeah, she is Q. She's given a choice to like refrain from using her powers. Oh, it turns out like her parents, like were they took human, they were Q. They took human form. They lived on earth. Uh, they gave birth to her and eventually the Q continuum wiped them out. And so she's been thinking she's human this whole time. And then she eventually has to make a decision of like, she can remain a human, but she can't use her powers ever. Or she has to go to the continue with him. She says she's not going to use her powers, and then instantly, seconds later, uses her powers <laughs> to save the entire ecosystem of this planet. Uh, and then she goes off. She admits that she's Q, and she goes off with Q into the great beyond, just to kind of I don't know, explore her whatever. Um, we always start with initial thoughts. Uh, Jake, initial thoughts coming on off of. Um, True Q. True Q. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. This was a uh, a very 
Star Trekky episode. It had all of the the things that one would think a Star Trek episode should have. Mm-hmm. Um, really large questions put forth. Uh, very moral questions. Uh, diplomatic approaches. Um, Self autonomy. Things that um, Star Trek is known for exploring. So I appreciated that. I actually preferred it to the last one. The last one was a lot more fun. Silly fun. Yeah, yeah, we had the silly fun. We we laughed, but this one was definitely a lot more thought provoking, uh, which I appreciated a lot. And I thought that it was uh, Q felt a lot more motivated to be there. He had an actual reason, and yeah, good stuff. Um, Aaron, initial thoughts coming on off of True Q. Cast kind of mostly took a back seat. They were Q for the most part, yeah, yeah, involved with the B plot except for Crusher a little bit, Picard, and yeah, kind of a Crusher episode, Mm. like kind of a Picard episode. It was very focused on Amanda. Was even more so, even like more than Q. Like it all revolved around her, and you know, Q was kind of a supporting character, and it was all her story. A hundred, like the whole how we see the cast is kind of like her mentors and everything. And Q is this new guy coming in. It's all from her point of view. But that is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And they were all kind of playing like it was their choice, but really it was, she's a Q too. So it's, it was her choice the whole time. Mm-hmm. Trying to sway her and, and, and give their opinion on what she should do. You know, I mean, she was asking opinions, but mm. she seemed very in the wind about the whole thing recognizing like yeah you could stick with that choice you just made and be incredibly sad about what's about to happen and a bunch of things that are going to happen in your life beyond that that you absolutely have the power to change right what a so in context of her life that would be a really tough choice to make yeah terrifying um yeah i guess um yeah, this one is um this is probably the this is probably the Q episode out of all of them that I'm the most like um I'm never exactly sure how I feel about this one. Uh it both feels like a big deal and just kind of like a random episode at the same time. Um like there are big stakes. Um it also just seems so random. It's like, "Oh, by the way, there's this human Q." Um Oh, that seems like that's a really big deal <laughs> that there's a human cue out there and jo- also just so happens to show up on the on the, the Enterprise, Enterprise yeah. that where they've already had. And of course, they chose to be human, not Vulcan or Andorians or right. Klingons. Human. These cues would decide to be human. Um, just like the doctor chooses to represent humanity. Right, right. right. Humanity, this kind of. And it makes me kind of wonder, like, the more I watch this, it's like, this seems like this should be a big deal because it's like, if you really think about it, it would almost explain even more so why the Q would be so interested in humanity. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, we had a couple Q decide that they wanted to be human um, and had a kid and everything. And and then knowing one day that this Q would end up on the Enterprise, you know, it's very possible that could be what, initiated this whole the continuum deciding to test humanity Hmm. um why if there really were a cue that had decided to be human i mean that just feels like but it's 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 it also feels like um almost out of all the other q episodes and i've been curious to know how you guys feel about this um it almost feels like the most and here's another q episode not necessarily in a bad way but um it has this feeling of like what el- what else can we do with Q? Kind of a, um, it kind of felt like in the beginning there was a bit more of like a through line. It's like the continuum had him show up, but then he kind of had his own personal agenda, and then he got booted out of the continuum. He lost his powers, and then he came back and wanted to like acknowledge that to Picard. But this just kind of feels like he just suddenly shows up again to test this Q who's there randomly, and then kind of randomly leaves. So there's a kind of randomness about it too. So part of me feels like this feels like this is a big deal. Then also just kind of feels it's very, just like, there's Q. Goodbye Q. Um, I don't know, but I'm curious. Do you guys get that feeling with this one or a little bit? I mean, it's random, but it also, at least his presence there is necessary. Like he has a mission. Uh, 
beyond just his own, you know, whatever he feels like doing. And I think it's good that the writers kind of pulled back a little bit on the silliness that he brings sometimes. You still get a couple of the snarky one-liners because that's just the character. He has this bent against humanity for some reason. But it's still good to remind your audience of the power and the fear that should also come with a Q character. It's um, All the episodes before, he keeps being thwarted and defeated. So as an audience member, you get to the point where you're almost rolling your eyes like, oh, it's another Q episode. They're going to get out of it somehow because they always get out of it. Um, so you almost have to put, bring in this other person, this Amanda character, um, someone that's not invincible, someone that the audience doesn't know for sure is going to make it out okay. We know Picard's going to be okay. We know Crusher's going to be okay. Right. They got to be on next week's episode. Right. So to bring in this other person is kind of a good way to, uh, I guess, not trick the audience, but... It raises the stakes. Yes, You, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Right. The audience, Anything could happen yeah, to this exactly. character. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it gives Q a W, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not always losing. Now he's got a... Uh, That's true. Tally in the wind. He succeeds in this. Right. They don't like thwart him or anything in this. Um, and yeah, if anything, he proves his point. It's like, you're Q, bitch. Mm-hmm. You're coming with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, I called you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I called Dr. Crusher a bitch. When I turned her into a dog. Oh my god! It's <laughs> <laughs> a very pretty dog. Oh yeah. Uh, not Doctor Crusher pretty though. That would be wrong. <laughs> there were two scenes with dogs in this episode. That's right. They had some dog people the on puppies, set. The puppies at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, this was a dog-heavy episode. Yeah. Was shout it out, puppers. Shout out to all the dog lovers out there. If oh you yeah. Like dogs, which is everyone. I hope. Is your <laughs> oh, you like Labradors? Well, here's. A yellow one, <laughs> and here's a black one. Oh, they're so cute! It's such puppies. an adorable way to show her power at the beginning. Just like she's thinking about puppies and misses puppies, and then her her room is just full of puppies, and she's like, "Oh no, you guys can't stay!" Like, but I want you to stay so bad. <laughs> like, it's such a good. Who wouldn't? If you had infinite power, sure, you do lots of stuff, but who wouldn't have a puppy parade? I, don't, I just <laughs> need, you know what I need right now is just a room full of puppies mm-hmm. or little kittens. That'd be a nightly ritual. Yeah. Come and on. puppies. Yay. Brush their teeth, puppies. Dead. Just all over. Just yay. <laughs> and I, and they go away. And then uh, they're gone. Yeah. No back mess. into the nothing from whence they came. <laughs> no training. No shit. Um, we can start with, um, like we said, like the focus of this episode though, Q and the cast kind of are in the background in this to some degree. Like this is full on like an Amanda episode. Um, And this is, this is the first time we've really gotten to see a fleshed out Q other than Q. Like we had Corbin Burnson from LA law. Corbin Burnson. (laughs) Corbin Burnson. (laughs) Make his cameo appearance in Deja Q. But that's just like a, you got your powers back (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess you get like a, there's a weird shadow. There's a weird scene in this. Q's just randomly going down the hall and then the shadow, your progress, Q. Oh, yeah. As if that's like the like continuum, like checking in with them. But it's like, is Q just kind of just casually walk? What, what was that scene? Just chill, guys. I thought it was going to mean more than it did. No. I thought there was going to be something else going on. No. That was a little more meaningful. Yeah, they kind of teased, like they raised the stakes where like Q might have to kill her. But then it just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. He's like, nah, I'm not going to kill her. Like, but I'm just going to give her a choice. Um, but this is the first time we get like to see another Q other than Q, like in a real sense, like an actual character. Um, I don't know. What's our feeling on Amanda as just both a character and like our second look at a Q character? Because she's very different than QQ. <laughs> well, she's empathetic. Right. She She's growing up with the humans so uh tremendous amounts of empathy mm-hmm. compassion uh some of the good emotional traits in yeah. humans uh yeah i think the, again the good q episodes are the ones that make you reflect on humanity mm-hmm. um this person we find out is not actually human but they possess all of these very positive qualities that they uh, say is influenced by their human upbringing. Mm-hmm. 
and that's a good thing to reflect on. Yeah, I mean, when the episode starts, they're talking about her. It's like, this is an amazing person. Mm-hmm. Like, and she, I, uh, shout out to the actor, uh, Olivia Diabo. I think she does a really good job. Um, I think she's like the highlight. It's a good part, but I think she plays it really well. When she has that scene where she's trying to talk to Dr. Crusher about, it's like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And Crusher's like, I don't know. She's like, no, think about it. Like, if you could do anything, I guess I'd help people. Are you sure you wouldn't bring your husband back? Jesus. I don't don't know if I could make that decision unless I'm in it. And then she has that moment. It's like, like, I am faced with it. You know, it's like you can, she plays that moment so well where you can tell like how both excited and terrified of, because you can see how she's such a good person. She just seems like this very good human outstanding person who's just suddenly, you are given everything. What do you do with it? Um, and really you always had it, right? Yeah. Very interesting. It's kind of the inverse of Riker's situation when he's giving Q powers. Yeah. Grew up human, giving Q powers. Uh, her situation, she she is a Q, right? Mm. And she's just discovering it. So she has to make the opposite choice. Mm. Riker chooses to be human. She chooses to be Q. But in, a, in an interesting way, like she has those powers for six months and up to that point has been good about not using them. And like Riker got tempted essentially instantly and instantly his empathy kind of went out the window for a second. He, he was all standing mighty and proud of himself when he saved the crew (laughs) of the enterprise. Oh, well that's quite a genie pose. Um, and she is so resistant to, and she's just like essentially begging them, please, I don't want to be Q. And then when she realizes at the end, you see, she's in tears, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm cute, but you can tell she's like just crushed about it. Very different um, <laughs> reactions. <laughs> Good performance. Yep. It's weird how much Crusher was a part of this episode. Oh yeah, I was she... not expecting her to like. She was the most featured member of the senior officers in this episode, and it's interesting because the things that she's discussing and and going through with Amanda, you would think would be a Troy thing like it's very mm. therapy counselor driven conversations so I, I thought that was i don't know an odd choice but a good choice it's, it looks like they're my guess is they're because she lost her parents and so i th- and um she's dr mom yeah. so my guess is that they were trying to play up the whole like mom and she has these lost parents so she's kind of playing this mother figure for her right um, she's almost she like wills her onto the bridge to when she's about to explain why or justify why she's choosing you right. almost like she's practicing for her, her parents like no you're gonna hear this yeah. i was thinking about what you were saying about it feeling kind of like a random episode it does feel random and yeah at the same time not because it feels also very um par for the course It's even self-aware. There's that one uh, line uh, where Q says, oh, I come here uh, just to hear your speeches, (laughs) whatever, because that's basically, okay, we get this moral dilemma. Picard comes in, says some really, you know, amazing stuff, and that's our episode. Writers jerk themselves off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stroke our egos. Sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches you give. (laughs) Um, really, I, I feel like that's the writers being like, okay, it's just Tuesday again, guys. We're in the writer's room. <laughs> we got to do 26 episodes per season of this shit. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like a copy and paste type episode. No. But it, it does kind of follow that formulaic, okay, we got to have a, a moral question of the week. Yeah. This is where we insert the Picard monologue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Patrick. Hell of a performance. Yep, thank you. As always, Patrick, thank you. I'll be in my trailer. (laughs) The one thing that evades your omnipotence, a moral center. (laughs) And perhaps... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Her only crime is that she's too human. Um, Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it but yeah, it is powerful. It it might be the most... If there is a TNG formula... This might be the f- most formulaic, and that's not, and I, not necessarily as a bad thing, but it definitely it checks all the boxes. Yes, 
Um, where it, but to me, like, it seemed like for me, there was a, a kind of a through line with all the Q episodes. This one definitely feels the, the most disconnected from that. Cause his motivations for being there have been very personal up until then. And then here he's just like, I'm here on a, on a mission from the continuum. Um, even, I mean, he makes like a little line about like, you know, cause Picard brings up, you know, when we first met, you put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. <laughs> it seems like he says in every other Q, <laughs> Q episode and, and Q has that line like, don't, don't, you know, you know, the jury's still out of that Picard, make no mistakes. I mean, so there's some connections to the greater thing that's been playing out, but, um, just an interesting kind of it. This one always just feels a little unique compared to the other. And they all have their own little thing, but this one certainly feels a little unique um, in contrast to the others. They got to flesh out giving a human key powers a little more, which is an interesting concept. Mm. Like what would you do given the choice? Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Fun as a kid to think about like, Oh, you could do anything you wanted, right? You could do anything. Um, that moment she has it's 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 a it's it's both it, it's an uncomfortable moment it's that scene where she steals Riker into her little fantasy and you know because it's like she's like a 17 year old girl and he's like a what 35 year old you know dude so but she has like her character has like the, the hots for him and it, it is an interest it's a very like uncomfortable awkward scene but like but like intentionally so because it's like this makes sense though. It's like, it, it, and it's an interesting moment for her because you said like Jake, that empathy kicks in like when she's a very empathetic person and she tries to kind of, that's her, that's the moment where she's the closest to being like you, where she just pulls Riker out because she's kind of fixed on him and pulls him into this whole little scenario of her making how she, and that's what Q does to the end. But then she can't go through with it she realizes like this means nothing to me and like how hollow it is. And just to have Paul Riker into this and, um, a very interesting kind of a moment and scene when seeing someone realizing that getting all that power is also just so meaningless. Um, and how sad yeah. that kind of moment is for her too. Um, it's a very unique moment, certainly in all the Q episodes. And Riker's not all that, and that's, you know. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is what I thought I was missing. Mm. <laughs> I could have been doing this shit. Oh, why did I give up those powers? That's kind of, it can almost like putting all the cheat codes into a video game or something, right? Right. It's fun for a minute, but then it loses its appeal really quick yeah. because the real fun was in the challenge of the game, right? Right. As a diversion, it's kind of fun, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's something similar that I've experienced with like lucid dreaming. Like I, I, I kind of figured out lucid dreaming when I was pretty young and kind of would, would lucid dream a lot when I was younger. Um, and it was, you know, really cool and exciting. I could do all sorts of stuff. Like I could like Superman blast out of orbit and like I could do all sorts of cool stuff. But then it got to a point where it, you start to realize it gets boring. Like there's no surprise. Hmm. So now it's kind of come full circle. Well, now like I can still kind of assert myself, um, but I don't, I just kind of let dreams play out now just cause it's like, it's actually more interesting to not know and um, accept the limitations and just kind of let things be what they are much more interesting. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, they kind of explore that with her. Like it is interesting. It's like a, you know, you feel like for a, it's a very Star Trek take on this cause this is not the first time they've, someone's done a story about, you get everything like if you could do anything and you know people ultimately you know instantly become corrupted by the power and that doesn't quite happen with her in this like she's very resistant and terrified by it the whole time and all she wants is to just live this human life and in the end the, it, the resolution is not that she's like i've been tempted by the power of the cue it's more of this admission this is just what i am i still want to be human that's just I have all the power to be whatever I want. And the one thing I want to be is human, but that's just not what I actually am. It's kind of a heartbreaking then, like, um, story arc for her. She doesn't take it cynically though. She chooses to help that planet. Right. And heal whatever's going on in the atmosphere, which is so. Yeah, she fixes their whole planet. Still keeping a huge part of her humanity there. 
right? right? It's an right, it's right. a massive act of empathy. Yeah. So not taking it to the extreme that her parents did, like no more Q, right? Like she's using the power to to help the universe. Yeah. Um. Interesting idea. Like it'd be spoiler alert. They never revisit this character, and it almost seems like a shame because it's like, what the fuck happens to Amanda? Like that just seems like what where does that character go like very a human cue essentially that again that's it seems like that should be a huge deal with how they've established how important humanity is to Q, and it's never she's never brought back again very interesting one thing they touched on a little bit in this episode that i wish they would have went further with was um when uh Q is basically telling Picard that human morality, human culture is basically not the best morality in the whole world. It's not the be all tell all of all morality. Um, and it's good to keep that in check sometimes of our morality is not necessarily the best morality in the universe. It's the best one that we know of because that's all we know, but he's trying to explain to him in the Q, we kill those who are not fully Q or cannot live up to the responsibility of being omnipotent. You may think that's savage, but that's just what you think. You know, from an objective perspective, this is just our culture and the way we do things. There are a lot of cultures out there that do things that one might consider heinous, uh, but that's just culture. And uh, I, I think that's a, I, I wanted that conversation to, to go a step further. Mm. I wanted Picard maybe to be humbled a little bit of like, yeah, maybe our morals don't need to be put on other mm. beings. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you really think about it, and and in a way, it would be a huge act of mercy from the Q continuum because he's like, because he says like, with you know, this power comes responsibility, and it's like we can't have essentially unchecked omnipotent beings roaming out there. And if you really, th I mean, think about it from Picard, it's like, I wish they would have had a moment. It's like, think about it, Picard. Like, would you want uh, like Q who don't answer to anyone running around on your tiny little planet? Cause it's like, Oh yeah, that actually, who knows? Yeah. Cause it's kind of implied to some degree. Like we've seen the continuum put Q in check. Q, uh, Q does have his limits. Cause he shows up in the episode completely without power because the continuum, it's like you fucked up, bud. You lost your powers. So even Q himself is not all powerful in the sense that like the continuum keep him in check. And it's like, yeah, you might think it's savage that we just murder the kill these two Q, but it's like, do you want these un, all powerful beings just roaming scot-free doing whatever they want? They made a deal. Yeah. It's like they had the choice and they fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, what did we think about Q himself in this one? Um, compared to how he's we talked about it a little bit so far but how does q himself come across creepy <laughs> but he's got a point yeah that's all <laughs> creepy but got a point <laughs> um yeah definitely creepy <laughs> yeah. but that's just um just the way he plays the character is so um invasive mm. and uh intrusive he just stomps on everyone's toes that's just kind of his deal yeah that's what he does in every episode um it's just a little more magnified in this episode because he's dealing with like a 17 year old minor and it just <laughs> right. the optics are uncomfortable very uh yeah. but i actually really like his character in this one um he's not silly he's not I mean, he's always cynical, but he's not there for the sake of cynicism. Uh, he's motivated. He's on a mission. He's answering to someone. There's, there's a figure that shows up as a shadow to direct orders at him. Uh, these are all things I appreciate. I think it grounds the character more. Uh, the, the, the scenes are clear and focused. They don't seem random or out of place. He doesn't seem random or out of place. The episode seems kind of random. But. Yeah, but he certainly has um, all all of his actions make sense. Yeah, and they choose him for a good reason, yeah. you know, because at first I was like, well, why choose? You have a whole continuum. Why, why do you send him always? But then he explains, well, I am the leading expert on humans, <laughs> obviously. I'm the go-between. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like that 
every little avenue of motivation was clear, mm. thought out, uh, didn't feel kind of wonky in that way. And then that's, that's a credit to the writers. Mm. Yeah. He shows a level of concern about this situation, even though there is this kind of flippancy he, he always has, mm. but you can tell like there's legitimate concern yeah. with him for this situation. And it's it doesn't seem all self-motivated. It seems that he is concerned about what this being would be for them, the universe at large. You know, he sees like, yeah, I don't think you guys understand. This is a potential Q being. Like, this is a very serious mm-hmm. scenario. Like, just one Q can essentially do anything. Um, it's also interesting... Um, um, for how, like I said, like we talked about, you know, he is some of that old kind of more, um, I don't know, threatening na- aspect to his nature is back in this one. Not entirely, but they do continue, like some of the scenes with him and Picard are interesting. Like even though there's more of this threat to him, there is also this now, this also seems to be the most casually familiar. He just pops up into the middle of the briefing room and there's like, they're not even that phased by it. Like we're in earlier episodes, it's like, you know, and there's like this big reveal of Q, but he just kind of shows up in like act one um, and then, and then they just start, you know, talking to him like, oh, sure. Q shows up from time to time. And, and Picard and Q have a lot of scenes together and their dynamic is much more Q. If you, in those scenes where they're alone, Q almost treats him like an equal. Like he, there's more of a shared power dynamic that is kind of interesting that we haven't necessarily, because he's like, Picard, I need your help with this. We need to do this. And so like, he's asking Picard for a favor. Uh, he thinks that Picard is the only one that gets him. You know, right. he, he even says, I need to talk with you alone. Cause in the meeting room, it's just not working. You and I need to talk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the most, yeah, it's very interesting. To, and like we talked about in like the last episode, there's more of this familiarity or frenemy. And that certainly feels much more on play here. They're, that frenemy thing. Even though they can, you can tell they're annoyed by Q, there is a kind of repertoire now between them all. Uh, this is a, 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 an acquaintance of ours, um, Q. <laughs> uh, and that is kind of interesting just to see how that develops. Like, um, there's a, there's more of an intimacy between them now than we haven't seen before. Um, I think all, this is a, also an episode where like, cause in the last episode, John Delancey wanted to bring back more of the threatening quality and it did, just did not materialize. Um, and he wanted to do it again in this episode. Um, and he, he has got, he has said that he's still not, it's not as he wanted to go more with it with this one. He wanted Q to be still more of a threatening um, and it just didn't quite um, get there. I'm like, yeah, that that's fair. But it is part of me is just like, I just think the relationship has changed uh, by this point. Like, it's hard to go if he were to go fully back to how he was in, like, say, at the Borg episode. That would feel really kind of jarring. Yeah, I feel like at this point, like, it's almost like this weird. We've been through so much now. <laughs> well, yeah, they've got a joke about their past adventures at this point. Yeah, right. Like, he can't be like God and devil and friend and arbiter and judge right all at the same time he they had to pick one eventually mm-hmm. i think they made the right choice mm. um i don't know what this what, what, what just real quick coming to our question from earlier i don't know does, does this shed any light on this like clearly this whole episode is about amanda do you think on some on any level they were trying to tell some story of i don't know someone living in the closet of some kind and at mm. the end kind of them kind of like i this is the way I was born and that's just how I am as much as I, I was enculturated in this other way. It only, it only popped in my head at the end. It's like, I don't know. Is that something they might also be trying to sneak in there as well? I I think if you find that in there, then it's in there. Mm. That's, that's kind of the beauty of this medium, Mm. all artistic mediums. If if that's what you found in there, then, then it's in there. That's Um, definitely something I get at the end there. It's, you know, her kind of admitting to herself, this is just who I am. And I, was I can see that metaphor. You yeah. could also say uh, imposter syndrome mm. or or uh, people like myself who are biracial mm. mm-hmm. and having conflict of 
where their culture even lies. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes those those questions are 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 good to contemplate. I think, mm-hmm. and Star Trek, you know, is a nice compass. Uh, that's the kind of stuff they've been doing with like Spock since the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's great. The human Vulcan thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts on True Q? Oh, final thoughts. Go seek this episode out. It's enjoyable. And, um, yeah, I really like what you were saying there at the end about this metaphor of coming out. Mm. Aaron, any final thoughts on True Q? Solid episode. A bit random. But, you know, it's nice to remind people that the meta plot exists every once in a while. Mm. Q's still there in the background. Doesn't need to be anything crazy. It was good. Uh, shout out to the actress who played Amanda did a great job yeah oh yeah yeah definitely the highlight of the episode she has a good performance um what do you guys where does how do where does this stack up with the Q episodes so far lukewarm lukewarm Lukewarm, yeah (laughs) tip it I think yeah I would put this solidly like in the middle Mm -hmm. um all right Jake thanks so much for coming on oh man Thank true you. Q. You're a true friend. Oh, well, yeah, thanks, Jake. <laughs> awesome. You're both very dear to me, and I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I always love having you come over. Um, oh, babe. All right. Thank you all at home for listening. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of the episode True Q. Um, next week, we are going to be moving into our two-part finale for the TNG Glory Years. Um we are going to be ending with another uh, classic Next Generation two-part episode. Uh, we are going to be watching uh, next week, Chain of Command, Part 1. Um, f- uh, this is going to be, for all you newbies out there, this is going to be the return of the Cardassians. Um, um, and our good friend of the podcast, Ellen Marie Lewis, will be coming on to watch those yeah. with us. Um, getting her first um season her little taste of season six and her first little taste of a next generation two-parter so that should be a lot of fun um all right everyone thank you so much jake once again thank you so much thank you um aaron thank you so much as always thank you jerry thank you jake thank thank you everyone at home um we will see you all next time um hopefully in the middle of a big puppy parade (laughs) (laughs) oh good night everyone Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com, or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.